It's Vader time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another brand new, never before, never before attempted yeah. <laughs> Bummer Slam featuring me, your host, Rowdy Rat. The day is finally here where we have our episode with my good friend, Drake Zuschlag. Hello, hello. I've been saying this is this will be happening for months and it has never <laughs> happened, but now it's happening. Here we are. Drake, welcome. Happy Bummer Slam. Happy Bummer Slam. Guess what happened, audience? Yeah. <laughs> Remember last time I tried to make one of these fucking episodes with Leah and everything just failed immediately and it deleted my entire recording? Well, that's what happened just now, too. We were like a third of the way through the episode and it's all lost. It's gone to history now. So <laughs> yeah. if I'm irritable, that's why. <laughs> But we're just going to start over. We're just going to go back and we're just going to roll with it. Yeah. And it's going to be fine. So, Drake, <laughs> I'm going to ask you the same question I ask yeah. all, of our, all of our new guests on Bummer Slam. And that is, what is your relationship with wrestling? How has it existed in your life? Um, I never watched wrestling growing up and never really had an interest in it. Uh, I honestly, within the last couple of years... I think between you and between like just the internet, I've gotten more of an interest into it because I've kind of figured out more what it is, but I have no like education or experience with anything inside the world of wrestling. I just know some of the characters and mostly them outside of their, uh, wrestling days and stuff right like yeah. actor wrestlers turned actors yeah uh-huh or like i know we you like cm punk mm -hmm. from uh but i know him from a lot of his star wars charity uh, as yes. opposed to uh wrestling at all <laughs> <laughs> um but that is basically my experience with uh professional wrestling yeah that's great. Yeah. You have you have some knowledge. It's in there. A little bit. You're yeah. gonna get, you're gonna get more by the time we're yeah. done. So we'll just go right into it. This episode we are talking about today is the Dark Side of the Ring episode, The Killing of Bruiser Brody. Yeah. Can't hype this show up enough. I love Dark Side of the Ring. Um, before we begin, like overall, what did you think of this episode? Um, it was it was really good. I, it was very sad. I didn't know that um, there had ever been like a murder in the world of professional wrestling. I know that a couple of people had died, but I thought it was all accidents or something that had gone wrong. I didn't realize there was like actual malicious shit oh, happening. Yeah. Um, like. Because that's how much, I mean, I mean, they talk about this in the episode, is, like, people didn't know at first, like, if it was real or not. Like, some people were, like, told that he was stabbed, and they were like, oh, is that, they're probably just faking that for a bit, until, like, a doctor told them. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, so it was, it, it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And just tragic, honestly. That's that's gonna be the whole mood for this episode is just yeah. tragic. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing good happens at the beginning. 
very few good things happen in the middle mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a happy ending no. <laughs> so strap in folks um so this episode starts with narration by the great mick foley better known mm-hmm. as mankind better known as dude love sometimes mick foley he had a bunch of alter egos when he was a wrestler <laughs> um do you know who Mick Foley is? I do not know who okay. Mick Foley is. Okay, I think you would like him. Yeah. He's, he's very funny. He's got a great personality. He reminds me of you a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, it just makes sense that he would be narrating this particular episode mm-hmm. and that Bruiser Brody is his idol. Yeah. Because they're so similar. Um, Mick Foley is known for having a very, very high pain tolerance and yeah. taking these like crazy bumps during wrestling shows like there was this one match that he had it was a hell in a cell match which is like a steel cage yeah um with the undertaker and they had planned for him to go off the top of the cage and through an announcer table yeah and that was like supposed to be this like crazy stunt or whatever so he did that and he almost died of course (laughs) (laughs) but then after that you know they got him back up on top of the cage and undertaker choke slammed him through the cage and into the ring and he actually almost died that was not planned oh my god (laughs) and he just got right back up finished the match kept doing it he had a bunch (laughs) of thumbtacks in him it was a grand old time and then there was another time in a match an untelevised match against vader where he once again almost died and he got caught he was like being strangled between the top rope and the middle rope yeah and he had to rip off his own ear <laughs> to get out of the ropes like, really? and survive like it, that he didn't he's missing part of his ear or like his whole like they got it back on oh, but okay. um <laughs> what the it fuck? doesn't look good <laughs> that's insane yeah and he'll talk about it yeah he'll ask him about it he's like yeah that happened wrestled for another 15 years that's... or whatever that's nuts. I can't believe that. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. He's an actual crazy person. <laughs> person. Much like Bruiser Brody. Yeah. <laughs> One and the same. Um, Drake, how um, would you describe Bruiser Brody based on the things that we just watched? Um, He was just, he was really, all of his hits were just, they looked real. They connected. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and I mean, like, they, it, it, a lot of times, because I feel like at least some of the hits, like nowadays and stuff, are they still probably hit? At least they make contact a little bit. But these, like, you could tell that he was actually like putting yeah. all of his weight behind at least most of them. Um, like he wasn't very, he wasn't really pulling any punches and um, just brutal. Uh, and then. It was really interesting, like, seeing, like, his wife talk about him or, um, like, the wrestlers who were close with him, who knew him, uh, that he was just, like, really smart and, like, a really calm guy, but then he had this just crazy, wild, animalistic fighting style. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah, he was... Probably one of the one of the people who single handedly made this hardcore style of wrestling called brawling popular. Mm. That was like the most popular style of wrestling throughout the seventies and even into the eighties when it got more glittery and tacky yeah. and whatever. Um, Bruiser Brody was one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star, next to like Ric Flair mm. of the seventies and early eighties. 
And he gained fame from New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is still very popular to this day. They've been known to turn out these like amazing technical wrestlers. It's all about like the story and progressing that forward. Um, so definitely really talented guy. Um, but Bruiser Brody is not... Well, while he is still kind of a beloved figure in wrestling, especially for this time period, he's also known for being kind of an asshole, <laughs> especially in his career. He would purposely, purposefully make stiff shots on his opponents if he didn't yeah. like them. Um, he would go out into the audience, like, swinging a chain and attacking audience members, like, for the character. Mm. And this was back when kayfabe, this thing called kayfabe, was a really, really big deal. Um, which is essentially like the fourth wall in professional mm -hmm. wrestling. It's like everything that exists in the world of wrestling exists in this thing called kayfabe. Okay. And so these fans who weren't in on kayfabe, didn't know what that was, thought that he was an actual crazy person. Yeah. They thought that this was actually who Frank Goodish the person was. <laughs> um, and Bruce Brody often refused to job to other wrestlers, which means he like wouldn't lose. Yeah. If he was set to lose, he just wouldn't. Mm -hmm. just um, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't like you, he'd just actually beat the shit out of you. But this um, really conflicts with Barbara Goodish, his wife's opinion of him. Mm -hmm. In this documentary, she talks about what, how intelligent and like gentle and yeah. quiet. Mm -hmm. Nothing like the character that he played. Yeah, just like she was like, he's just a he's a great dad, a really yeah. good husband. He was just really nice and sweet, and then. She was like, you could literally see him change from Goodish to um, Bruiser Brody. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was, she was like, he would just shake his hair out and then he'd be a different person. Yeah, and this it was, like really, really clear separation yeah. between his professional life and his personal life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this episode is told from the three different perspectives of three different wrestlers and that is Dirty Dutch Mantel, Tony Atlas, and Abdullah the Butcher. Mm -hmm. And Dirty Dutch Mantel, I kind of know who he is. He's kind of still doing stuff for wrestling. He used yeah. to be a wrestler back in the day, but he's probably more famous now as this manager. He's always a heel. He's mm -hmm. very good at being a heel. I think the last like popular thing he did he played like some racist duck dynasty guy yeah what what a what a good character, what a, what a good character. <laughs> he played it very well i hated him so you know there's that um the second guy is tony atlas he's a great bodybuilder wwe hall of famer he's really funny mm -hmm. i like him he does things here and there for wwe um and the final guy is abdullah the butcher who's an actual crazy person for real um i don't know if you noticed this in the episode but he has these like very deep cuts yeah. on the top of his head uh-huh those come from years and years of blading which is where you cut your head to get to get blood because that's yeah. what people want to see um and these groups these grooves in his head are so deep and so far apart that he can fit like poker chips oh my god and cards in them and he'll do it he'll yeah. do it if you ask him he's he's fine with it um uh bruiser brody also had a bunch of scar is that yes. from the same from thing the same but thing. just yeah. he wouldn't do it in the same place mm -hmm. okay yeah traditionally when you blade you're supposed to do it like at your hairline yeah because like that's where it bleeds the most, but it also won't like affect your appearance from scarring. Yeah. 
And apparently Bruiser Brody was cutting them like straight on his forehead and yeah. Abdullah the Butcher was doing it on the top of his head. Didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Probably looked crazier, probably looked grosser. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why they did it. Um yeah, and Abdullah the Butcher, his like thing when he was a wrestler, he was the madman from the Sudan. Yeah. And he had his prop was a fork. He always <laughs> carried this fork and he would like shove it in people's eyes. Like in their mouths, he would like make people bleed with it, yeah. and evidently he was not uh, keeping his fork clean <laughs> between God. matches because he gave a bunch of wrestlers hepatitis. Holy shit! He gave everybody hepatitis, and it was so bad that when Abdullah the Butcher was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, this other wrestler named Superstar Billy Graham was like. I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame anymore. Oh, no. If he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, then it's a fucking joke, and I Holy don't want to be in it anymore. Um, yeah. Wow. So that, those are some opinions about Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, he seemed like a interesting guy. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. He's very interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and he was also probably Bruiser, Brady, Bruiser Brody's greatest opponent, like... You think of Bruiser Brody as a wrestler. You think yeah. of the matches he had against Abdullah the Butcher because they were just so iconic. Yeah. Well, we watched that like one match, and mm-hmm. then there were a bunch of little clips, even from that match uh, with uh, the Butcher. Yeah. Abdullah but- the Butcher, and it was wild. <laughs> yeah, that match that we watched was very typical yeah. of both of those wrestlers. Ugh. That's how. That's pretty much. A standard match for either of it them. It was just. It was. It. I mean, it started out outside of the ring mm-hmm. and then ended out in the stands, and it was just nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the summer of 1988, Bruiser Brody was set to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. And from what I've heard about Puerto Rico during this time period, from like every wrestler that I like, is that every wrestler seems to have horrible story about puerto rico yeah puerto rican audiences were kind of notorious for taking wrestling very seriously and really buying into the kayfabe aspect of wrestling and they loved the violent stuff Mm. like the stuff where people would bleed and actually get hurt and like get carried out on stretchers and stuff and often if a match didn't go a certain way that a crowd wanted there would be like actual violence in the stands they would like actually go after wrestlers and even start riots holy shit yeah (laughs) so that was not a great place to be at this time but like they were making decent enough money Mm -hmm. so it was kind of a decent place to be and um the wwe of puerto rico at this time was called the world wrestling council and carlos cologne was in charge of that and his kind of right-hand man was this guy named Jose Gonzalez, and he was the booker for mm-hmm. WWC. That's what I'll call it from here on out. Um, and the booker is someone who meets with the wrestlers who are wrestling in a certain match, and they kind of go over and plan how the match will progress okay, yeah. throughout the night. So like, it's kind of like a collaborative thing. They'll set up like, this will happen first, then this will mm-hmm. happen, and then this will happen and go through all of that um and in addition to that jose gonzalez was also a wrestler for this company and he was a fairly popular wrestler 
Um, and WWC was apparently setting Jose Gonzalez up to be the next champion for the company. Yeah. And then Bruce Brody comes in, and he doesn't like Jose Gonzalez. <laughs> he had a match with him and just tore him to pieces yeah. and like embarrassed him in front of everybody and made him made him look really really weak. <laughs> um, and so those two don't like each other. Yep. Safe to say. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time period, when Bruiser Brody was going to Puerto Rico for this like stay that he yep. was going to have there, the company owed him between twenty and twenty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. And on this trip, he said that he intended to get all of it back. Um, and his plan to do that was that he wanted to invest in the WWC. He apparently had had a deal set up that would make him a part owner yeah. of the company. And he was ready to make serious changes to the company. Mm-hmm. And he said that if he took over, he was going to fire Jose Gonzalez. Yeah. Plenty of reasons yeah. for Jose Gonzalez <laughs> to not like Bruiser nope. Brody. <laughs> Okay. It'd be almost understandable. Obviously, <laughs> no, just all of this shit that's going on. Mm-hmm. And here's what happened on this night before a show, yeah. the summer of 1988. Tony Atlas, this bodybuilder who was there at the time, yeah. and Bruiser Brody went to the gym. They had breakfast together, and Brody made it clear to Tony that he may have bought part of the WWC, yeah. and. He said that Tony should expect changes yeah. to the company. And, of course, Tony's going to think, like, oh, okay, well, I know what that means. Yeah. Um, and at the hotel, Brody and Mantel, Dirty Dutch Mantel, were sitting outside. And Jose Gonzalez, this booker yeah. and wrestler, he hadn't picked Brody up yet, the main event for this match that they were supposed yeah. to go to. And they're like, that's kind of weird. So Tony offered to give Brody and Dutch a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to the venue, they went into the dressing room, and they said that Jose was just sitting there. Yeah. Like, not doing anything, just sitting there. And he got up, looked at Tony, and walked out. Mm-hmm. And Dutch said he had a bad feeling. Yeah. And he left the room. And Jose came out of the bathroom, and Tony said he had a towel over his hand. Yeah. And he said, Brody, can you come here, please? And Brody thought that he wanted to talk about the match because he's Mm -hmm. a booker, you know? That's, like, what they do. And so he agreed and went with him. Tony heard a sound and looked up, and Brody was in the hallway, hunched over in the doorway, and Jose was behind him holding a knife. Yeah. Tony jumped up, pulled Brody away. Brody had two eight-inch cuts on him. Mm -hmm. Carlos intervened, pushed Jose out of the way. Tony basically held Brody while he was dying. Yeah. And he said, don't let them hurt me anymore, which Mm. Tony said was significant. Yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, at least this made it pretty clear that uh, Carlos was probably in on it in some way, shape, or form. That's what they make it sound like. Um whether or not he knew that um, Jose was going to, yeah, was going to do this, um, I don't know. But he definitely helped kind of, 
he helped maybe with like something at least getting away with it and stuff yeah it made it seem like it was predetermined yeah between Mm -hmm. all of them like this was a plan that they had yeah to save jose his job Mm -hmm. because they were all just like when they came in they said they were all just kind of sitting there yeah there were three of them just sitting there not not talking talking, just kind of waiting yeah and it's like you kind of knew i feel like you had to have known that probably something was not right something was (laughs) sketchy yeah dutch said he had a bad feeling and just Mm -hmm. dipped Mm -hmm. um and when he came back, he immediately learned that Brody had been stabbed. Yeah. Um, and he said that Jose got his keys and left, yep. but his shirt was torn. Mm-hmm. That was important. He said the shirt was torn. Um, Tony said it took like 45 minutes for the ambulance to come, which also yeah. seems a little bit sketchy. Um, and Tony went with them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Somebody at the hospital told Tony a stabbing here is like a cold in the United States. Yeah. And wow. That was like that was dark. It's so fucked <laughs> up. Um. Yeah, and then he just picked up the doctor. Oh yeah, he picked up the doctor and was like, "Look at my friend." Yeah, and just carried him into the into the room. Man. Um. But then the doctor was like, oh, this is actually... This is really bad. bad. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's really fucked up. It's really fucked yeah. up. The doctor came to Abdullah the Butcher and told him what happened to Brody. And um, Abdullah thought that Brody was working an angle. Yeah. He didn't think mm-hmm. it was real. Um, the police arrived on the scene and they didn't think it was real yeah. either. They also thought it was a wrestling angle. Yeah, so many people were just like kind of writing it off at least for a bit. And then, yeah. yeah. They were kind of wise to how wrestling was fake, yeah. air quotes. And so they're like, oh, this isn't real. Yeah. Even things that happen in this fake world, they can't be real, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Dutch said he saw Jose Gonzalez walk back in and he was wearing a different shirt. Yeah. And he was acting like nothing happened. And Tony, by this point, has come back to the dressing room, and he said he heard laughter from yep. the dressing room, which really traumatized him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got mad, and the cops were like, what's going on? And he told the cops what happened, and the cops were like, that's not the story we've been told. We've yeah. been told that a fan stabbed Brody before he got to the dressing room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the truth here? And the police, like... I know I already mentioned it. They they straight up did not think it was real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like the line between between fiction and reality in wrestling at this time, especially, was so strong um, that the general public literally couldn't tell what was real yeah. and what wasn't. Yeah, it's it's that's something that's just so interesting and so like unique. Yeah. To like this form of. I, storytelling of yeah, sport. It's it really just, it's doesn't wild. happen anywhere yeah. else. Uh huh. Where it's its own world, mm-hmm. it is, and it's it's really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. It's like it's very very self referential, mm-hmm. which I love. Um, but yeah, this all this all kind of makes me wonder that if there wasn't this, there wasn't such a stipulation about wrestling being fake. Yeah. If 
Bruiser Brody's life may have been spared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if these people had taken it more seriously. Yeah. But then you also kind of... Part of it is, I think, maybe that, but then also, at least this... The way this was shot and everything it made me kind of like but maybe it wasn't just that exactly and maybe there was a little bit of a cover-up or something mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i don't know i don't know how much of it was malicious and how much of it was just incompetence or not understanding that's totally fair what's real and what's not yeah it's a, there are a lot of factors that go into it. There are a lot of factors that need to be considered. Yeah. But it's all sad yeah. <laughs> in the end. Uh-huh. No matter what. Okay. And Tony, Tony had to con- continue his night. He yeah. still had to wrestle at mm-hmm. this event that they were at, which is so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Like, oh, I just held a man as he died in my arms. Yeah. I'm going to go put a pile driver on somebody. Yeah. That's cool. Um... And he was told after the show to not go to his hotel room yeah. because people were looking for him because he's talking. Yeah. He he knows what happened. Yeah. And people are not happy. That's where I think that probably maybe uh, Carlos came in. Mm-hmm. To, like, um, cover that up yeah. and to, like, have this other story ready on hand. Yeah, exactly. For when people started questioning. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not, like, they expected Tony to kind of go against that or it just happened because he wasn't, or he was, like, right there. Yeah, I don't for know. sure. But, yeah. it's And then he talked about, like, just walking the beach the whole night. Yeah, he had, like, yeah. nowhere else to go, mm-hmm. so he just, like, stayed on the beach all night. Um and Dutch had ended up having to call Brody's wife Barbara. Yeah. Which, like, I can't even imagine how horrible that no. must have been. And he was he was very vague about the details. But mm-hmm. he basically told her that a very serious accident had happened. And she needed to come to Puerto Rico immediately. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, while Dutch, basically while Dutch was calling Barbara, yeah. uh, Bruiser Brody died from mm-hmm. his injuries and when Barbara arrived in Puerto Rico a few days later, Abdullah the Butcher had to break the news to her that yeah. he had died because nobody told her what was going yeah. on. Um, and, and the police... What? Well, and, just, and he didn't even know that she hadn't been told. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was just... He just kind of had to break it to her on the spot, wasn't expecting to. He thought she already knew, yeah. I think. Um. And it was, it seemed almost like written that it was, you know, him. It seemed like. Yeah, very ironic that his, like, greatest opponent, the person that he'll be known forever going against, was the person that had to, had to break the news. Yeah. That he died. Um and he he died he's gone yeah. and the police are still not really willing to investigate um they made a point to tell tony that his story was different from anyone else's yeah which of course that's going to make tony second guess himself you know mm. um no weapon was ever recovered no from the scene of the crime the whatever was used 
to stab Bruiser Brody with, we will probably never know what happened to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose was eventually arrested, but bail was made immediately for him. and He went mm-hmm. home the same day. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody said that the trial was kind of a sham. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, uh, they were saying, Dutch and uh, Tony Atlas were saying that, like, they were subpoenaed, but their subpoenas got there after the trial. Yes. Tony Tony said that he was never contacted about the trial. Mm. And Dutch's subpoena didn't show up for 10 days after the trial. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because they just did it so quick. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, he says he believes that this is why the case was thrown out. Yeah. Because they didn't have the testimonies of either Tony Atlas or Dirty Dutch Mantel, mm-hmm. which... That very well could be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would believe it. Um, and because of this, maybe because of this, probably because of a lot of other things, Jose was acquitted Yeah. on the terms of self-defense. Yes. And everybody, like the police, believed that the character of Bruiser Brody and the person Frank Goodish were the same. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't separate the two of them. And so they believe this self-defense claim. Yeah, you can buy it. Especially if everyone's like, oh yeah, he came out with his shirt ripped and everything. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, it, if you think that wrestling is real, but then like, you know, I, yeah, I kind of get it, but I don't buy it. <laughs> I, don't buy it I honestly don't buy it. Um, yeah, justice was not done. Um, later, later that year, New Japan Pro Wrestling, who Bruiser Brody was famous for, held this nice little tribute event and invited yeah. Barbara and their son and just had like a nice little event for them. And Bruiser Brody made it posthumously into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2019. Cool, cool. So, I mean, some good things happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it really doesn't make up for all the horrible shit no. that happened. Uh-uh. But, I mean, yeah. it's something. Yeah. So, Drake, my question to you is, do you believe that something else could have happened? Do you believe it could have been a fan? Or do you believe that Jose Gonzalez murdered Bruiser Brody? I mean... It seems pretty obviously clear that Jose Gonzalez murdered Bruiser Brody. Even if, like, I mean, because he says he did. Like, he got acquitted for it for self-defense, but he said he did it. Like, even in self-defense, yeah, uh-huh. he still he killed him. He still killed him. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it was him but I think that a lot of people probably lied and said that it was a uh, fan in order to make his story, like, to kind of keep some of the pressure off of him. Yeah. Or at least to let him literally just walk by and just leave after stabbing him. And then come back yeah. wearing a different uh-huh. shirt like nothing happened. Yeah. I, Yeah. That's a little bullshit, I think, but uh, I definitely think that it was him. I agree with yeah. that. Um, 
I think that the the evidence against him is kind of overwhelming. Yeah. It was it was an inside job for, for sure. sure. <laughs> um, I don't know. Call me a mark, but this uh, this documentary was pretty pretty straightforward yeah. mm-hmm. about you know Jose Gonzalez did it and got away with yeah. it, and it's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They don't. Uh, there's. I don't think there's any real other way that that was played at least and i don't know if there's any other information they all all the people they interviewed seemed pretty sure that he did it and then they were like we tried to get him and he and carlos would not talk that's also super suspicious to me and I don't like, know. I get it on both sides like you yeah. know I'm sure they get asked about it all the time yeah and they're like I mean I have nothing else to say about it I could get mm-hmm. that but also like it's a little suspicious that they wouldn't want to set the re- record yeah. straight you know mm-hmm. especially because this like does seem like a well done piece on it yeah where like if you were gonna like talk about it this would be a good mouthpiece to do it so I would totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Why wouldn't you if you have nothing to hide, I guess? Exactly. But I don't know. They've been kind of wishy-washy about it entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing really straight about it. So this could have been their time, but... Yeah. Oh, well. Now everyone will just be even more positive that they did it, yeah. like, right now. <laughs> and nothing was done. Yep. Um, what did you think of this episode overall? What did you think of, like, the documentary format? What did you think? Um, it was good. I mean, I was... I was intrigued. It was a good... Uh, it's a good story. I mean, even if it's sad and just frustrating. But... Uh, yeah, it was shot really well. I didn't know any of the people, but like I feel like I got a good understanding of them mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. based on the like kind of long the longer interviews and that was really neat and good to contextualize what was happening cuz now I feel like I know a little bit about this topic, but I still probably know right? nothing about this topic. It's really good um, at, like cramming a bunch of information in. Yeah, mhm. And then there were also a couple of little bits where uh, I got a little misty-eyed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. man. Well, at the end, like, they showed a clip uh, of um, of Brody Bo- or Bruiser Brody, like, yelling and screaming about uh, Abdullah the Butcher and showed, a, like, showed it to him. And he was, like, laughing but kind of crying. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really sad. <laughs> And so it was just, it was well done. Like, everyone really cared about him, and they cared about telling this story. And uh, that was just shown in the film, or, well, the film, the episode. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and I don't particularly like documentaries that much that aren't about really? cooking. Yeah, only cooking. <laughs> but... <laughs> Very Um, different topic. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was a really good... I haven't watched any of the other episodes, uh, but I might. They're all free on Vice's website. All six of them are on Vice's website. Highly recommend it. It has come under fire from some people for being kind of one-sided, and I understand that. 
but also I feel like all of the episodes that do come off as one-sided, like they asked the other side to be interviewed for yeah. the episode and they refused. Yeah. And I so mean, like, like this, point, one, this one, exactly. Yeah. Like, of course it's going to be a little one-sided because mm-hmm. you literally don't have any opinions from the other no. side. Yeah. But yeah, overall, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts, Drake? Anything else you want to say? Any Ooh. other questions? Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I still don't really understand wrestling all that much and like what's real and what's not real. But I think that that's kind of part of the fun. That is part of the fun, part of the mystique. So Drake, if they want to follow you on social media... Where can they find you? Oh, wow. Um, on Twitter at Drake.Zoosh, I think. Drake. Oh, shit, I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> my Google machine here. I guess I should have been expecting that question. <laughs> Drake. Oh, shit. This is great radio. That. Yeah, right? <laughs> at Drake, oh, and not Drake, not Josh. Josh. Drake, not 37. Josh, 37. Yeah, uh-huh. Can you tell I made that a while ago and then... <laughs> and then forgot about it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Never was asked what your Twitter handle was again. No. That's all right. <laughs> it happens. Well, thank you so much, Drake, for being on. Oh, yeah. This super fun bummer slam. It was a bummer slam. Yeah. It was a bummer was for a bummer sure. Slam. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't you can't have a comedy podcast without a few bummers. I don't no. think, <laughs> especially when it comes to wrestling, where everything's sad. Everybody's yeah, oh my god. <laughs> dying at forty. Yeah. I love wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. Well, feel free to come back anytime. Oh, yeah. Always welcome on Bummer Slam. Had a blast. I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. Could be anything. That's a that's a theme for the show. Always has <laughs> been. Can't expect anything less from Rowdy Rat here on Bummer Slam. And with that, wrestling's real, people are fake, whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs>